focus on leverages rather than the differences both parties need to recognize that they are on the same side my belief is that every individual on this planet has a leadership trait are you recognizing it are you living up to it are you nurturing it the way it should be this is the 53rd episode of dream 100 show with mr satyan parekh founder of team talent and empowerment consultants Welcome to Dream 100 show listener. I am your host Savita Hosamani. Each week we interview today's most successful and inspiring business owners with winning teams who had the courage to chase their dreams in spite of all their challenges. Join us as we bring you everything that goes on in the minds of successful business owners during decision making process. and gain insights to make smarter decisions in today's episode we talked to mr satyan parekh who had 29 successful years as a result oriented leader in the indian it industry he quit the corporate world to create a niche in the world of business coaching through his venture team talent and empowerment consultants For the past 11 years he has mentored coached and consulted various startups growing businesses and established businesses along with students and working professionals to reach their utmost potential and help them to succeed in their respective aspirations I have been very fortunate to undergo his coaching in the Goldman Sachs 10k women entrepreneurs program in the year 2013 this discussion holds a special place in my heart as it has been a transformational journey that transpired between a student and a teacher every sentence which satyan sir has spoken has so much of in depth learning for every entrepreneur or even a team player So let's hear the winning team secrets from him right here right now on Dream 100 show. Let's get started. Welcome to Dream 100 show Mr. Satyan Parekh. It's truly an honor and pleasure to have you here on our show. Thank you. You had a successful corporate job of uh, 30 years and you quit it. and then you started off with a venture called as team talent and empowerment consultants so before you actually took that step when was the idea seeded in your mind was it during your working phase or after you quit a good start point i would say it really takes me back to the entire thinking and non thinking that really engulfed me uh, as uh, i was embarking on taking this decision so uh first and foremost i i would be very very honest uh, in the fact that uh, when i decided to uh, quit my professional career i had no real clue about what am i going to do i realized only one thing is that uh, my 30 years of professional career is there an experience is there a knowledge base is there something that i can give back Uh, to people around me 
So that was the only haunting thought in uh, at the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I did was that uh, in the initial phases when I I took the step, and why did I take the step? Because somewhere it just kind of that joy, the passion. Uh, the happiness that one surrounds in the work that you do i personally believe that and throughout that career since 1982 to where till 2010 when i decided to move out of professional life uh, i was always consumed with one one thought that anything that i do has to give that joy passion uh, happiness as well as a value add that i am able to provide so when i saw that slackening when i saw that things is not really going the way it was it kind of was telling on me in my kind of outlook and and somewhere that inner frustration builds up and what not so it was a very very uneasy feeling that started engulfing me so i just decided to quit and this was contrary to all the experts around me who were who were telling me to do otherwise Mm-hmm. Uh, so the more i was being told the more i was kind of consumed with the fact <laughs> that i have to to get away from this if you were to ask me a question you know that one year two year down the line at the hindsight did you think that uh, that was the right decision i would have told you probably not because uh, obviously i was kind of trying to look at uh, what i need to do mm-hmm. so one thing that i did was uh, i enrolled myself with the the international coaching federation's uh, course be accredited as a coach the rationale was very simple i wanted to really ensure that whatever is my thinking whatever is my understanding whatever i want to do is that really what is being sought out in the contemporary world because i do not know so mm. i wanted to validate that i wanted to uh, confirm Uh, to that convictions and beliefs fortunately that uh, course the the people that i met up with and uh, whatever i was able to achieve during that time of 2 uh, to 3 months gave me that level of confidence that uh, my thinking is right now i need to really formulate uh, what really i want to uh, be doing and that is where uh, the thought of uh, saying that hey what is it that makes the business tick what is it that you know drives any businesses and and what not so when when i really started off i i kind of was uh, assimilating from my own experiences my knowledge base there was a bit of apprehension but at the same time there was a certain amount of confidence that uh, i will be able to figure it out but two things that i was very conscious and which i did Uh, first and foremost i wanted to make sure that i get to a position of zero debt even when i had my uh, emis to pay as i quit the professional uh, world i decided to pay off those emis and the loan the home loan that i had to ensure that there is nothing that uh, bogs me down number one number two i wanted to make sure that uh, the family does not get impacted under any situation and and there is no compromise on the cost of living uh, that we had as a part of professional world to now that i'm transitioning into a bit of an uncertain uh, situation where there may not be a, a monthly paycheck that will come in uh, which will pay the regular bills and what not so uh, those were conscious things uh, that were running in my mind 
and uh, i just then started off with uh, reaching out to my network reaching out to my contacts uh, talking to them letting them know about uh, my thought process and and how can i be you know someone who can uh, probably value add to uh, their aspirations and their ambitions uh, about their businesses or about their own self in a nutshell that is where the whole even certain amount of predicament and what not was there uh, one thing that i also uh, was very clear and and me and my wife uh, would discuss that uh, very regularly is to ensure that at no point of time i should have any regrets of the decisions that are taken they may be right or wrong and we can only know about it in the hindsight so you know rather than trying to really decipher oh you know i should have done this and again being very candid and honest uh, savit i would say that uh, uh, in the initial probably 3 4 years uh, even as i was uh, doing the work and i was kind of getting my feet on ground with the with the venture and and running the practice and what not there was always that pang uh, a, a kind of a thought process at the back of the mind what is this better or uh, do i really go back to professional world <laughs> right so but then uh, one thing that i i stuck on to is that uh, if i have taken that decision i have to live with it i cannot create any safety nets for myself in fact that was testing time because my elder son had just got in uh, for his masters at us in rit my younger son was just in uh, standard 9th my mother was uh, a cancer survivor i had just lost my dad in 2010 january so there were a lot of emotional plus the other responsibility baggage and that is when i took this decision so uh, you can imagine the flurry of thoughts or the emotions and the feelings and everything that can really engulf a person but yeah that was the time where this decision was taken and i would just say that uh, almighty has been very kind and uh, the friends the network that i was able to uh, build uh, as a part of my 30 year old professional career really came in handy i have not printed a business card i have not created a website of my endeavor i have desisted from creating any teams it is just i me myself and my rationale is very simple that wherever i engage that is my team and i will do whatever i need to do to make them happy and successful that was the conviction so i used to kind of not only sit in a, a particular a ceos or a chairman's office and and talk to them on the vision in the ivory towers and and kind of let other people uh, do the execution i would kind of get that commitment validation confirmation that this is really what we want to do as a part of uh, moving from point a to point b and then go down the organization work with whoever are the relevant people uh, sit down with them get them into a coaching mode and see wherever i can help them so that has been my kind of work style or the way i practice wow you actually offloaded uh, their pain from their shoulders once you engage their problems are your problems and and that is the beauty uh, of what i believe uh, the work that i do is is a kind of a classic case of being attached mm-hmm. even while you are being attached so you are able to really uh, show the mirror and help people stay honest to themselves and and try and identify 
uh, what needs uh, improvisation or what needs betterment or what can be augmented uh, because it's a good practice to go. Awesome. See, when you said that you start working with teams, what is the usual kind of resistance that you find? Because many a time the business owner might be okay with the idea saying that, yes, we need to reach this goal. But when you actually go down to people, they will have a lot of resistance because they feel that we are doing our best and we don't need a third party to come and tell us what needs to be done. So uh, some uh, kind of uh, uh, light on what kind of resistances people usually uh, give. Here again, I will reflect back to the days of when I used to work in a company called Hendutran and and they had hired one external consultant. He used to come and he used to give us a few things about the way sales need to be done or the way we need to understand the process and all that stuff. And, and we as pure play salespeople in that organization used to kind of keep thinking about why is this guy coming and <laughs> giving us the, all the gyan and all that stuff, you know. And I had that uh, very vividly etched in my memory. So when I was now on the other side, mm. uh, I wanted to be very conscious of the fact that I don't uh, really indulge into any gyan bhaji. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring in as much of relevance and as much of uh, compelling areas that can really help their cause. So yes, uh, I have faced uh, quite a few of pushbacks. I have faced quite a few of cynicism and people looking at with colored glasses into saying that, why are you even here sitting and talking and why, why should I be giving you the answers and whatnot and all that stuff? Some of them you can win over because they are open-minded. Some of them you may not be able to win over because they have very fixated ideas and opinions about where to take help and where not to take help. I mean, there are umpteen number of situations that I have come across where the initial discussion, which you start off with, you will always find people telling you that I have done that. I have tried everything. I have been there. I've done that before whatever you are telling me, it's all tried and tested and nothing works. So we go through those uh, rigors and understand very clearly that there is a certain amount of mind block, certain amount of pushback that will come in. We have to basically circumvent that and make the other person realize and recognize that at the end of it, it is not for me. I am not doing this for me. I have no vested interest. My only vested interest is into seeing you successful and happy. So if you feel you want to be there, then help me help you. Then I think the resistance uh, will be reduced to a very large extent. Yeah. So as I said, again, it's not that you will always have a 100% success ratio. My personal uh, success ratio has been around uh, 75-80%. There are still 20% of uh, people whom uh, I have not been able to win over for whatever reason. Probably I may not have been able to really uh, speak the language that they want to hear. Mm. I may not have been able to understand what exactly they wanted as a part of their aspiration to be successful and happy. There could be multiple reasons to it. It's a beautiful and, and challenging journey, I would say, that one has to really take. Uh, rather than be exasperated and frustrated with the fact that, oh, you know, 
people don't seem to be really understanding that I'm here to help them. And mm-hmm. see, I, I mean, let let's understand, right? If we are on the other side, mm-hmm. first and foremost, I would say that. But I have not asked for your help. So why are you coming and telling me that you want to help me? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that kind of bridge needs to be crossed over first before we really start. getting into the whole conversations and saying that hey you know you you are doing this five things but let me tell you this five things need to be done this way sorry mm-hmm. very very wrong approach great uh, usually in indian businesses we have uh, the children joining into the business uh, so when the son or the daughter joins a business there are two different mindsets working so the mm-hmm. approach which the father will take and the approach which the uh, uh, child will take i mean the son or the daughter will mm. be different uh, how will a person like you at that point of time blend into both the kinds of mindsets because there will be totally different uh, viewpoints right and i have come across these uh, situations of a few manufacturing industries uh, which have had entrepreneur or the founder mm. uh, having to pass the baton to uh, his child his son or daughter so yes my viewpoint and and my submission to all these you know people facing with this level of predicament is that first and foremost focus on leverages rather than the differences try and try and nail down that what is the core competencies and capability that each of the generation really has and how is that leverageable for the business don't look at look at them as a difference at all i think that's where it starts creating a line we don't need to draw a line we need to blend the whole thought process second area that i feel is that uh, both parties need to recognize that they are on the same side <laughs> right <laughs> it is it is not somebody taking you know the path of uh, completely tangential to the other that's not mm. the point so that has to be fundamentally etched into the the discussion and then obviously uh, whilst you are on the same side there can be different approaches perspective and and the experiences hmm. so again do not get into the deliberation of who is right hmm. rather than that focus on what is the right thing to do hmm. uh, which again uh, is is a policy that that is noticeable in such situations one gets into more of an argumentative uh, discussions rather than a, a progressive deliberation one has to be very conscious when you are sitting across the table on such matters another very important thing is that there has to be a mutual respect the second generation needs to respect what the earlier generation has been able to achieve as a part of the business the earlier generation has to respect that the new generation is coming with a lot of bustling ideas uh, a different approach a very different perspective uh, but probably short on experience but let me respect that so there has to be very very strong mutual respect which then needs to transcend into unconditional trust beautiful which again needs to be established very well said this is uh, another point that i have seen is that people stop communicating uh, the moment they find that whatever i am saying is not heard 
or whatever I say is is not going to be accepted. So I stop communicating. The other side stops communicating, and the void keeps growing. Very very deterrent thing to be doing in such matters. Again, another aspect is that the people involved, the stakeholders involved, need to be very very conscious of not taking decisions based on hearsays or third party comments. They have to verify it, validate it from the horse's mouth. and then sort it out rather than just going and running with a decision it will happen because each of them will have their own coterie mm. and each coterie wants to serve their vested interest now it is up to the stakeholder to recognize and filter what really is useful and valid as a data because finally as i said both are thinking for the same goal post mm-hmm. to be achieved the path may differ but you are still on the same side of the coin mm-hmm. and if these are really kind of consciously adhered to my take is that the differences therefore can be utilized for positive progression for the business that they ultimately desire most of the business owners uh, have leadership uh, skills uh, uh, sometimes uh, do these uh, leaders uh, or the business owners identify their leadership skills as inborn skills or sometimes uh, they lack certain skills can they be cultivated leadership is kind of uh, a virtue that needs to be well nurtured and imbibed within my belief is that every individual on this planet has a leadership trait wow how then a few become leaders and others do not lies in the fact that how that individual realizes that i can be a leader how do i nurture it how do i really acquire learning as a part of what makes me a leader and importantly whatever is the knowledge whatever is the learning whatever is the observation that i have around me how do i apply it a lot of people have the right knowledge have the right experience can be a leader but they are not applying to what they have learned and practice what they can evolve to as the next step they are awaiting somebody to tell them and give them a tag that now you are a leader only then i will expose myself world is not going to do that for you mm. nobody in the in your workspace or nobody in otherwise is going to come and give you tags into saying that you are a great person you are a leader now you have now spent 20 years in the industry so therefore you automatically become a leader sorry mm-hmm. doesn't happen that way individuals have to start realizing that leaders gain respect trust and confidence through their actions words and demeanor it is not a commandment just because i am at a certain position just because i have 
probably hundreds or fifties or thousands of people reporting into me. That doesn't make you a leader. That only makes you a manager of certain task. Every leader is a continuous learner. I am I'm privy because I have been able to also uh, help out on journey of a few people. And let me give you just a, a few snippets of examples. Mm-hmm. We have had office tenor. Today is an entrepreneur. Wow. We have an office boy mm-hmm. who today is running a logistics company. Wow. We have an office boy who graduated through his own capability and thirst of learning to be working under test and repair center of a PC service unit. And he was able to also go through the PCBs and solder the capacitors and do what is required to be done. Amazing. So there is no stoppage. And that is which comes back to my firm belief that every individual on this earth has a leadership trait. Are you recognizing it? Are you living up to it? Are you nurturing it the way it should be? Are you really in the progressive thinking and not in a thinking where you are just waiting for people to say that, you know, nobody recognizes my talent. Nobody has time to recognize your talent. (laughs) It's it, right? Yeah. Everybody everybody is busy doing what they need to do Mm. for their, their success. So this is again where where people like us and and the practice that we are doing could probably be, you know, a game changer. Because as I said, right, the vested interest that we as coach will have is to see the success of the person that we engage. That's it. Mm -hmm. When you say that a person has to nurture himself as a leader, where do they start? Okay, the first point is they start with the fact that everybody is a leader. From there onwards, how should the journey be? Uh, three words that come to my mind of somebody who uh, one would regard as a leader or one would want to be uh, an aspiring leader is that you have to be full of humility. You have to be very humble in the work that you do and your actions and demeanor. Uh, you have to be very empathetic uh, towards uh, the way situations are, circumstances are, and you have to be highly adaptable. These three uh, become the cornerstone kind of inner realization saying that, am I here? Am I doing this? What what does leadership mean to me? So I would kind of just give a very simple statement is that leadership is nothing but communicating to people their worth and potential so clearly that they are inspired to see it in themselves. Awesome. Coming back to empathy as a leader, I have an uh, uh, example where uh, a business owner had given a lot of uh, delegation. He had actually trusted his star salesperson. So during that time, there was a lot of confidence in this uh, person and thereby uh, he had shared most of the confidential information also. But uh, as a leader, when you are building your team, uh, what if the team member actually misplaces that uh, trust and uh, quit and they become your uh, competitors? We have uh, seen many uh, business owners facing this issue. So the question for them at that point of time is, how much should we actually be uh, sharing information? How much should we be delegating to them? And when to hold back? 
you know when you uh, are very empathetic you do not tend to hold back certain things so where do you draw the line i think every one of us needs to realize whether we are business owners whether we are people managers nobody is going to work for us for life <laughs> okay okay so uh, the fact that person has come to you from some other company hmm and that person is going to keep embarking onto the journey where he she sees his or her aspirations to be met so as a business owner i wouldn't be too bothered about this and i wouldn't let this really bother me at all i would see that am i creating the right mindset workforce who has that level of inner passion and commitment to deliver the results that i want and for that what is it that i need to do to enable them to empower them that's all what i need to focus on so from an organization perspective and given the the situation that you mentioned here my view thought or my view is that as a company if you have certain set of guiding principles what is the objective of setting guiding principle it is to lead sustainable and scalable change within your organization and ensure that everybody recognizes that there is leadership at all levels so uh, a few uh, references or examples of what those guiding principles can be which need to be imbibed by every individual in the organization including the owner of the organization mm. a lot of times i have seen is that there is a line drawn between uh, applicable to us and applicable to them yeah that line needs to go away mm-hmm. if you are passionate about your business it is my responsibility to make sure that i am able to create at least 10% or 15% or 20% of my workforce seeing with the same passion that i have mm. if i have been able to bridge that gap the situation that you mentioned or whatever it is will not be hurting or will not be kind of you know being looked upon as the fact that oh now that you know i have spent 50000 dollars on this person and now he's coming and putting a resignation expected mm-hmm. expected the challenge that you have to put yourself in is that now that i have invested in this person how well am i able to leverage it what is it that i'm going to look from this person which is going to be really getting to my next milestone of the company that i want am i sitting and talking down with this people whom i have empowered and enabled as to what my expectations are what i want them to do how i want them to uh, really be more contributory workforce i think those steps are probably missed out mm. it is like the company feels that they are obliging the employees by sending them for some learning and therefore the employees are need to be obligated now those are not the right thought process so let me get back to what i was mentioning as some of the reference points uh, of guiding principles continuous improvement mm-hmm. integrity empowerment teamwork openness courage 
innovation, self-drive, commitment, timeliness. These become guiding principles. How are these communicated as a part of your organization's DNA? How you want every employee to imbibe and work through? How well are they going to decipher the same to the new people joining in? And how they all recognize with the fact that this is where we are in charge to be the leader of our own work. A leader does not have to be, again, somebody who needs to have people under him or her. A leader can be an individual worker doing his or her own work, which is going to contribute to the cause of the organization. Does that answer? Yes, very much. Yeah. Awesome. We have also seen uh, a certain case. Uh, this particular case I want to talk about. Mm. Uh, well, when people uh, uh, get this uh, kind of coaching for their team members or sometimes for the business owners uh, themselves, mm. after laying out all these guiding principles and following them also, they find that they are unable to scale the business from uh, one level to the next level. Mm. Uh, so then at such times they feel that they are doing everything right because mm. they have had certain amount of uh, coaching external coaching and consultants also coming in and going in but mm. uh, they are clueless uh, now we did mm. all the things right so we mm. have reached one certain stage where they are right. let's say for example 10 million dollars they are earning and now right. they want to move on to 15 million dollars is the next goal but they are not able to scale up so right. where do you think they are going wrong? Let me just uh, put a disclaimer here that uh, this is a, a kind of a generic uh, point mm -hmm. because a lot of this depends upon the type of business, the ecosystem, the finances, the number of employees, the competition, the marketplace and whatnot. Right? Mm -hmm. My response will be at a level where I, I do hope that uh, those who are impacted or those who have this kind of a thought process, there will be something in it for them. First and foremost is that uh, assess and compare, you know, five to ten situation uh, that you had uh, and the prevailing mindsets then internally and the market externally to your current plan. And what are the uh, changes that are very, very noticeable? What kind of differences are showing up? What kind of the mindsets that were prevailing then to what are prevailing now? What is the employee motivation level which was then to what it is now? Uh, there needs to be a, a comparative chart that needs to be drawn on these parameters and probably some more as such. Whilst you have identified that what is changed, uh, it is also imperative to identify uh, how much of that change has impacted your plan or your to-be plan. Why do you see moving from 10 to 15 uh, as your benchmark? Can you instead try and identify with a few more other critical ones? Like, for example, at from 5 to 10, and at 10, we are having this much as our profitability. Mm -hmm. When I move from 10 to 13, I want to have X 
2x or 3x profitability. Hmm. Or at 10, I was addressing these markets. At 15, I want to go and spread into these markets or I want to tap into these markets or, or whatever it is. Am I looking at moving from 10 to 15 with the same workforce that I had as I moved from 5 to 10? Are my people going to be overstretched and therefore not willing to buy my vision of the fact that we can do it? What kind of improvisation in automation processes, technologies, and empowerment and enablement of people that I need to do, which is going to together help me move from this point A to point B. Can I identify a few baby milestones uh, with associated timeline and not bother about my ultimate, whatever is the aspiration? Let me enjoy the journey that I want to really do, uh, which we had as a, as a part of 5 to 10. What next after 15, if that is achieved in six months? What next? And then why? It's important uh, to really explore on, on these areas to together uh, where you want to stage your journey. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, a lot of sense. A couple of things that uh, you know I may want to, though it may not be directly serving your, your question, but uh, you know, in an organization, every business owner aspires that I need to have a high performance organization, I want to have high performance culture and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have actually put down as a LinkedIn post as well. But for the sake of our discussion, I may want to just, uh, uh, you know, throw some uh, of my uh, thought aloud on that. Mm. Uh, fundamentally, the, uh, you know, how are we measuring the sense of ownership and accountability in every act that our team member and our employees and individuals in the organization do. Mm. What, is the, what is the extent and level of collaborative thinking and teaming uh, to succeed, to create win strategies that is existing? Are we really drawing the best of leverages internally and externally? How much are people focused on their self-development, self-improvisation on, on a periodic basis? Are there attention to details whilst there is a focus on uh, the larger goal? Are we making sure that there is a continuous communication rather than people working in silos and, and thereby uh, being alienated, uh, which may lead to uh, lack of contribution? Last but not the least, everybody in the organization should realize and recognize that uh, being a performer is not an option. It is the minimalistic expectation that any mm -hmm. Uh, organization or any person has and and the same goes with the leader hmm. the business person also needs to show his or her contribution to his his fellow uh, colleagues mm -hmm. just because you are the founder and the owner of the business that does not get you away from being non-accountable and non-ownership just because you own the company no you show them you you tell them hmm. you, you be open and candid into saying that, you know what, these are two things that I will take it upon myself. And let me also be as much measurable as you guys are on, on these few parameters. And then let us see how we can get together. We have these kind of discussions. Probably, I think it's again, you know, not a sure shot thing that you will definitely go from 10 to 15 or 15 to 20 or 20 to 30, but you will definitely be progressing. Again, a lot of companies have to also realize that 
every time a certain business will hit a plateau mm. there is an interesting uh, book uh, in fact it's a two book series uh, mm. the first one that came in was crossing the chasm so a lot of companies and it, it's it's a it's a beautiful book which outlines uh, so many companies that seem to have not been able to really go up the way they should have gone and they have kind of not been able to cross the chasm Mm-hmm. So they have been, and then there is a sequel to that, which is called Inside the Tornado. The sequel is all about the companies that have fallen into the chasm. How are they going to rise up with the tornado and move on? Wow, they are pretty old books, but they are so relevant in their messaging and and in the context of whatever we are even uh, discussing right now. Great. So here I would like to understand that if. Um... it is the duty of every person who joins a company that they have to perform if and that is the basic expectation then is that expectation not set right in the beginning what happens why do why do you think that uh, people have to undergo all this high performance uh, programs or increasing productivity levels or keeping them engaged somewhere uh, down the line they get uh, disengaged and this starts affecting so the basic expectation of the business owner is that uh, they have been hired for this purpose and if they are not contributing uh, to the organization then why should they be there in the first place and sometimes they even pay fat salaries uh, which will be a pinch on their pockets and this creates lot of discontentment so where exactly uh, are they going wrong uh, in this kind of scenarios if i was the business owner i should realize that whoever is the person who is a part of the organization or who was who is joining my organization has certain aspiration and is looking for some challenges which they want to overcome so that they can establish their growth path am i giving them that mm-hmm. am i being open and candid in the way the organization expects the contribution to be and how they are going to measure and what impact those contributions are going to have to the future of the company setting the kpis and goals and everything else today is more mechanically done and more conventionally done rather than applying the relevance of it to the larger contribution let's take a very simple example mm-hmm. if i were to ask any employee of a business entity as to what work they do they will be able to answer mm. but if i if my next question is that how does your work contribute to the cause of the company you will find so many distinctive and disparate and and so many tangential responses which may have no cognizance to what the owner really is expecting why mm. which means that the vision of where the company needs to go why it needs to go there why are we into this business and what do we expect each individual to contribute as a part of their overall goal if those things are clearly set out discussed explained and accepted you will not find this kind of challenges 
you may find different kind of challenges people you may have 10 people clamoring for saying that we are the topmost contributor now tell us where do we go from here good problem to have good problem to have great so now uh, uh, you have been coaching lot of uh, women entrepreneurs as well so what has been uh, your experience do you think that uh, women entrepreneurs need more in encouragement or they need more confidence than men to build a successful business <laughs> so first and foremost uh, and this i have been saying to every uh, women entrepreneur whom i have had the opportunity and privilege to mentor is that first i salute them uh, <laughs> and 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 respect them from the bottom of my heart because the kind of thought of them becoming an entrepreneur and managing the multifaceted activities and responsibilities is a challenge that a man may find it difficult to understand so i don't think uh, that any women entrepreneur needs encouragement i think they have abundance of that what they need is support understanding uh, from their family their near dear ones with a lot of empathy into the work that they do i don't think women entrepreneurs are short of self motivation initiation and self drive they are there and and they may probably uh, be able to influence uh, a lot of others around them that's my take women entrepreneurs per se and and again this is based on my uh, limited experience of having mentored around 80 plus uh, women entrepreneurs across different strata is that they are very strong on intuition and also high on emotions both can be extremely advantageous but at the same time can be vulnerable as well there needs to be a certain amount of balance and consciousness uh, in how you leverage uh, these two very very uh, finer aspect of uh, personal trait this is no longer a man's world uh, and we all know that breaking the ceiling and all those things that people still talk about i think we are well past that and and we should just uh, recognize and and respect and realize the way uh, women entrepreneurs can shape the the businesses uh, i just i mean all of every women entrepreneur for their indomitable spirit and phenomenal resilience resilience uh, their intense uh, persistence to follow one's dream and all this uh, while doubling up as a mother wife daughter sister and what not so have to go and salute them amazing one last question that's coming to my mind now is uh, do you think every entrepreneur should plan their exit uh, from the business succession plan is a healthy thing for the business whether it is uh, you know uh, a workplace or whether it is a business by itself but succession planning has to be there it's just like probably you know as at individual level we prepare our personal will Hmm. Why do we do that for the family? To protect them. To protect them. To make sure that they are well taken care of when you are not there, and that no harm comes to them in whatever way, and with whatever you have been able to achieve in life, how can they share for themselves and and what not? Why is then a business different? Any person who has so passionately built a business. who is so consumed with uh, the fact that this has to survive as much as possible then why are you stopping short from not creating a succession plan mm. 
this makes a lot of sense a lot of sense so with this we almost come to the end of our conversation if you feel that you have a message which you want to give it to the audience please go ahead and share it yeah so uh, one thing i want to uh, just highlight here any person who is seeking to be coached needs to first understand the difference between what is being coached and being consulted mm. if you have a mindset and an expectation that if i go and undertake coaching i will find answers to my problem or that i will get prescribed solutions to my problems it will fail coaching is not about providing you a prescription hmm. it is not a patient visiting a doctor so that needs to be very very fundamentally understood and clear in the mind are you ready to be coached i think comes from the fact that it is important for the person to self assess what are your current issues and problems what are you expecting sometimes just appropriate reading recognizing real issues can help you find a problem you don't need any third party to tell you you know the answers you may be in predicament you may be in dilemma and with some kind of communication with some kind of reading and blending of some thought process and all you will be able to achieve it so examples which can be coachable issues is that why are my efforts not yielding desired success how do i move from point a to point b in my business am i clear in my aspirations and what not those could be coachable when a person is uh, coachable how will uh, consultancy actually help their business so consultancy is uh, a different line of action which basically relates to a certain transactional level inputs and insights including sharing or creating of best practices it is somewhere where a consultant would have to tell the recipient of what they need to do a coach will never do that coaching is all about empowerment it is about making the person realize what they need to do and they will create their own actions of how they are going to achieve it so coaching facilitates thinking mm. coaching is not imposing actions and things to do yeah this is uh, an amazing insight because usually uh, people go with the flow of coaching and consulting Uh, they think that both are the same but everybody talks of coaching mentoring and consulting as one word <laughs> but you have very finely drawn the distinct uh, differences between them uh, so now it makes lot of sense because uh, we see uh, business owners saying that i went and met this coach and still nothing is working because it was just their thinking was uh, empowered but not their actions <laughs> and and with what expectations have you gone for coaching mm i am facing one one burning issue mm. and 
somebody has come and told me you know go to this coach he's great he will he will really help you find solutions <laughs> to all your problem so i go to that coach and my mind is only focused on this burning issue the coach is taking me tangentially <laughs> i will take some inputs then i'll come and i experiment here and i'll say what yaar i spent my money and, and this is useless coach whoever gave this they don't even know uh, this is the usual uh, uh, line which most of the business owners tell that i yeah not and they are not to be blamed they are not to be blamed i think if in the initial even before they take any coaching uh, sessions Hmm. there has to be an understanding established between the coach and the coachee in what really they want to achieve and is that really what they want to do if that is not what they want to do the session does not start <laughs> it's as simple as that so if people want to connect with you how do they reach out to you i'm reachable on my phone uh, my number is Nine eight four five three four double seven eight two, which is also my WhatsApp, and my email ID is uh, first name dot last name at gmail dot com. So that's Satyen S A T Y E N dot P A R I K H at gmail dot com. Awesome! Uh, so it was wonderful uh, chatting with you, gaining lot of insights uh, from real time scenarios. because this helps uh, all this information which you have shared is uh, very very experiential and uh, each word is worth its weight couple of thoughts hmm. uh, as we conclude one of the belief and one of the thing that uh, is uh, uh, is something that i also use in my leadership workshop and tell everyone is that do not stay with problem statement hmm and let me give you an example i am not able to take my company beyond 10 million however i am going however i am giving it a try problem statement mm. how do i get my company from 10 million to 12 million in the next 6 months probably thoughts will start coming in so it is my earnest submission and desire that through this conversation that we had and with wonderful questions savita that you have been able to uh, pose it would be great to know if something has touched the right chords something that has provided the listener with an insight that is going to help them something that has been a value add to them which can really get them from where they are i just do hope that we are able to achieve it yes definitely i'll come back with the questions <laughs> <laughs> you have more <laughs> <laughs> no problem no problem at all so again i thank you so much for this wonderful uh, talk and conversation which uh, insights which you gave i'm sure it will make a difference to everyone who is listening to this my pleasure as well uh... i thank satyan parik sir from the bottom of my heart for taking out time to share has wonderful insights of business wisdom here are my top 6 takeaways my first takeaway is that every leader is a continuous learner second takeaway leadership is a virtue that has to be nurtured 
apply and practice what you have learned third takeaway leaders gain trust respect and confidence through their actions words and behavior my fourth takeaway leaders have to be humble empathetic and adaptable my fifth takeaway be the leader of your own work and contribute to the organization my sixth takeaway being a performer is not an option it is the minimalistic expectation of an organization and this applies to founders or to the business owners as well thank you so much sir never lose out on an opportunity to learn about cultivating your inner strengths on dream 100 show we strongly believe that life is just a play we win some we lose some we miss some and we mess with some so enjoy your journey and play to the fullest thank you so much for listening to this episode of dream 100 show and now make a smart decision of taking the next step towards building your trust and your dreams don't forget to subscribe to dream 100 show and leave a review on apple podcast share your biggest takeaways with us and follow us on linkedin facebook and instagram for more details shoot an email to us This is Savita signing off and catch you soon in our next episode.